0: Yeah, that is a great song to sing. It's a fun song to sing, but the reality of that song um, is more of a challenge. To take my life and to let it be His. To let it be everything that He wants it to be. Yeah, this morning in your bulletins is, a, is, our, is our outline. And the very first thing on there asks this question, He says, What does God want from me? And so what I'd like for us to do is just to take a couple of minutes and answer that question. What does God want from me? What does he want? So get your pens out um, and begin to, to write down. What does God want from me? And we're going to give you about a minute or two to process that. What does God want from me? All right, this morning we're talking about a man named Abraham. Remember, we're in our R12 series based on Romans chapter 12, which says, the first one says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And remember, the therefore is there because we are to live our lives because, because of what God has done. We saw the problem in Romans chapters 1 through 3 is sin. That all of us fall short of the glory of God. All of us are are bound for hell because of our sin problem. But because of the love of God, he sent his son Jesus Christ for our sins. He gave us a solution that is salvation. That if we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we will be saved. And then begins this journey of sanctification, becoming more like Jesus. So this morning, Romans chapter twelve, verse one. Therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know Abraham's journey. If you would turn with me to Rome, to um, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter twelve. Abraham's journey reveals to us. What God wants most from each of us. Now Abraham faced lots of challenges in his life. But in Romans chapter 4 it says that, that because, of his, because of his faithfulness it was counted to him as righteousness. But Abraham's life required lots of faith. If you would in, in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. God comes to Abraham and he says, Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land where I will show you. Now let me ask you, how many of you would be willing to, if God came to you and he said, "Um, I want you to go. I want you to get out onto 250 and I want you to go east and go until I tell you to stop because I'm going to show you where I want you to go. How many of us would be willing to just get out there and just go if God told us to go? Abraham did. Didn't ask questions. He got up and he went. But God promised him. He said, I, Abraham, go and take, um, go away. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You, are, you will be a blessing. So there was a promise attached to this faithfulness. Abraham, if you go, I will make you into a great nation. But it required sacrifice. It required obedience. Because Abraham left everything he knew. He left his family. He left his comfort. You know, Abraham was a fairly wealthy man. And yet, he was willing to go. Along the way, Abraham faced many challenges. But you see, the call to follow God for all of us we have to answer this question that God asks us. He will you trust me with your future? So when God came to Abraham and he said, Abraham, go, God basically was asking, Abraham, do you trust me with your future? Because he was asked to leave everything behind and go to a place where he would show him. Abraham landed in Haran, which is up in modern-day Turkey, and lived there for about 15 years. God blessed him financially and prospered him. But then God said, Abraham, I want you to go to Canaan. I want you to go, and I want you to settle there. Because that was ultimately, if you go back to chapter 11, what God was calling him to go to Canaan. And now 15 years later, Abraham goes. But along the way, Abraham almost immediately faced some challenges. He had to answer the question to God. First of all, in verse 13 of chapter 12, Abraham gets to Canaan. Immediately, he's confronted with a test. God says, Abraham, will you trust me to protect you? See, Abraham got to Canaan, and Abraham had a beautiful wife. Now, Abraham was, a, was when Abraham left, he was 75 years old. Um, He had a beautiful wife who was 75 years old. Um, So when he got there, he said, tell you what, Sarah, you tell the men that are coming out, because you're so beautiful, they're going to kill me and they're going to keep you. So you tell them that that you're my sister. Then they will spare my life and they'll spare your life. And so, so Abraham, in this first test, he didn't trust God. He didn't trust God to take care of him. He took matters into his, into his own hands, and he lied about um, about Sarah being his not being his wife, but being his sister. So you see, Abraham isn't this perfect person. He did mess up along the way. Sometimes he failed the test. Then Abraham, after he uh, went down to Egypt because of the drought in Canaan. He, he was asked to leave and and while he was in in egypt he amassed more wealth but as he left egypt um his son lot or his his nephew lot and had also amassed a lot of wealth and and he was he asked uh, when they when they they parted ways or They had both amassed a lot of wealth and they couldn't be together anymore because they had so much between the two of them. So Abraham takes Lot out and says, tell you what, if you go right, I will go left. If you go left, I will go right. Now to the right was, was a much lusher, more beautiful land, a better place for you to raise your sheep and your cattle. So Lot chose to go right. He chose the more beautiful land, the land that was more fertile and productive. Abraham just took what was left over. But Abraham was faithful. He knew that God was going to um, bless him. And it says that um, when God asked Abraham, will you trust me? Abraham trusted him. And because of his trust, in in Genesis chapter 13, God said, Abraham, look up. After him and Lot had parted ways, he said, Abraham, look up, in verse 14. Look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, look to the west. All the land that you see, I'm going to give you and your offspring forever. And so God blessed Abraham for his faithfulness because he trusted him. But as Abraham went through his life, he continued to face tests. In Genesis Genesis chapter 14, he he was forced to answer this question, Lord, will you trust me with your possession? Abraham, will you trust me with your possessions? In Romans or in, in Genesis, it goes on, and, and, and Abraham was tested with all of his possessions. And it goes on. God asked Abraham, will you trust me to fulfill all of your promises? You see, Abraham, although he had amassed a lot of wealth, although God had blessed him with all of these things, Abraham still had one thing missing from his life, and that was a son remember God had promised to make him into a great nation and yet at this point in Abraham's life he still didn't have a son so in Genesis chapter 15 Abraham says sovereign Lord what can I give you since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar from Damascus You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Abraham says, you know, God, I've trusted you with all of these things, and you have blessed me, you have prospered me, and yet I have no son. And God speaks to Abraham and says, Abraham, look up at the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. He says, so shall your offspring be. Then it says, Abraham believed the Lord. And he credited him as righteous. You see this faith that Abraham has. This trust that Abraham has. In his father, in in, God. God. So Abraham passes that test. But then in Genesis chapter 16, Abraham's confronted with the test of Lord. God asks, will you trust me by patiently enduring? See, Abraham's been waiting for a son. He's been waiting for a son ever since God told him that he would make him into a great nation. And and Abraham is getting to be an old man here. So Abraham's wife comes to him, Sarah, and she says, tell you what, I've got a plan. Here's what we're going to do. I'll give you my servant, Hagar. You can have a a child with her, and that will become your offspring. That will be our inheritance. But God had a greater plan in mind for Abraham. And this was a test that Abraham failed miserably because, you see, he took things into his own hands. He wasn't wasn't, um, willing to to allow God's timing to to play out. I mean, he trusted God. He had seen all the other ways God had blessed him, all the ways that, that God's promises had come true. And yet in this one, Abraham wasn't willing to... Um, to to wait on God's timing, you know. For for us, that's a lot of time. Uh, um, the same case, we don't like to wait on God's timing, and we take matters into our own hands. And God says, "You know, will you trust me with your future? Will you trust me in this?" And and we say, "You know what? I'm going to take matters into my own hands." You know, we so desperately want a husband or a wife. God has a plan for us, and and, and so we take matters into our own hands, and, and, and we go places, and we date people that God hadn't intended for us to date. We become impatient. And like Abraham, we suffer the consequences of wrong choices. So this was a test that Abraham failed. But here's what I see in all of these tests that Abraham had to go through and the tests that we go through in life. Because in in all these tests, God has a plan for our lives. God allows us to go through these things. God allowed Abraham to experience all of these tests for a reason. And so what was his agenda? What was he trying to teach Abraham in all of this time? What God was trying to teach Abraham, just like he tries to teach us, is, will you trust me? Will you trust me with your life? Will you trust me with your possessions? Will you trust me with your timing? Will we trust me to fulfill my promises? And even though Abraham messed up at times, he made progress. You know, he's believing God more and more as the story unfolds, as you go from, from Genesis chapter 12 through chapter 22. He's more and more trusting God, he's beginning to trust God's character. And God's promises. And these tests were were to help Abraham be stronger. You know, the tests that we face are to help to make us stronger in our faith. But they're not just to help make us stronger. The tests that we face in life are there so that we can bring honor and glory to God. When we go through a hard time in our life and we're faithful with with that hard time that we go through, God is glorified because of the way we respond to the tests that we face. And in, in, in Genesis chapter 22, I believe Abraham faces the ultimate test. Where God says, Abram, will you trust me with everything and everyone in your life? Now, in your notes, I want you to write this down. Even when it doesn't make sense to me or those around you. Because you see, sometimes God asks us to do things or tests us in areas where it doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't make sense to the people around us. But God says, will you trust me anyway? I'm sure when Roman and Carolyn went to Papua New Guinea, not everybody understood. Not everybody even agreed with with them packing up their their three little children and going to the jungles of Papua New Guinea. How much sense does that really make? Not a whole lot. If you're grandma and grandpa, if you're the cousins at home, that doesn't make much sense. And maybe you're facing something right now in your life that that God is asking you to give up, is asking you to sacrifice, that that's not going to make much sense to the people around you, but you know it's what God's asking you to do. See, God had this outrageous request that he made of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22, verse two. Verse 2, God said to Abraham, take your son, your only son, this son Isaac that, that that Abraham had waited for for all these years was born. God blessed him with a son. And now when he's about 12 years old, God says, take your son Isaac, whom I love, and go to the region of Mor- Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on, the one, on one of the mountains that I will tell you about. Now think about this. Now sometimes we would, lo- we, we would say, I'd like to kill my kids. We're never serious about it. But here Abraham is asked to take his only son, Take him to a place that that God would show him. Take him up on the mountain and offer him as a sacrifice. That means that Abraham would have to to slit his own son's throat and burn him on an altar. Now at this time, in in the culture that Abraham lived, this wasn't unheard of. People, People sacrifice children all the time. But Abraham is asked to take his only son and go and sacrifice him. It says, Early the next morning, Abraham got up, saddled his donkey, took, him, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac, and when he had cut enough wood for a burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. Now think about this walk that Abraham had to take with his son. Knowing that when he got to the end of the journey. That he was going to have to, to, to sacrifice his child. It says then they reached. It says then Abraham when they got there. It says Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. In 22 verse, verse 6. He took the wood for the burnt offering. And placed it on his son Isaac. Now think about this. He lays him on an altar. He binds him. He ties him up like he would a goat or a lamb. Lays him on the altar. Covers Isaac with wood. Because he's going to have to burn him. Then Abraham pulls his knife out. And do you think Abraham is at all questioning God at this time? saying, God, what are you doing? What are you thinking? This is my promised son. This is the one I've been waiting for for all these years. What are you thinking? Think that ever crossed Abraham's mind? That God was crazy. That he didn't know what he was doing here. But it says, Abraham, and never in these scriptures, I don't think that I found is Abraham question God? It says Abraham then reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. As Abraham is lifting his knife, it says, An angel of the Lord cried out to him, Abraham! Abraham! And he stops and he says, Here I am. Abraham proved to be faithful. Abraham didn't question God. Abraham trusted God because on the way, Abraham said, because uh, Isaac asked Abraham, where's the the animal for the sacrifice? Abraham said, God's going to provide. God will provide a sacrifice. Abraham trusted God that God would provide whatever he needed to provide to fulfill his promises. And then God speaks to Abraham in verse 15, He says, then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven the second time. He said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord that because you have done this and have not withheld your only son, I will surely bless you. You see, Abraham was rewarded because he trusted God. And trust calls for us to give up our control and our security to rest in his control and in his security before we fully know what it means trust calls for us let me say it again to rest in God's control and in his security before we fully know what it means you see The key for us to trust God is to know him. We have to know him. We have to know his character. We have to know who he is if we're going to trust him. Trust demands that we risk. Risk demands that we trust. I believe we're all asked to sacrifice. We're all asked to give up things that are precious to us. So what is your Isaac? You know, are you putting conditions on your obedience? You know, I asked myself this week, how much trust do I really have? How much faith do I really have that that whatever God decides is what is right? Do I trust him with my children? Or do I try to get into the way of, of what God is wanting to do in their lives? What is my Isaac? What is the thing that, maybe God, that is so precious to me that He is asking me to give up? And so often I'm good at saying, "God, you can do whatever you want with me, except I won't move somewhere else. You know, I won't go to Morocco. I'd love to go to Southern California for you, but Morocco is just not what I was thinking. You know, I'll do whatever you want except give you control of my family, give you control of my children. I'll give you everything except my money. I'll take care of that. Now, I'll give you everything except you know just don't mess with my future because because I've got plans. I've got things I'm going to accomplish. Don't mess with my child's plans because I have plans for them myself. I have something I want them. I want to enjoy my grandchildren, so don't take my child to Ecuador and you know, Roger and Kim had to sacrifice their son allow him to go to Ecuador because that's where God was calling him now they could have stood in the way and said you're not going what's your Isaac you know what are you not willing to surrender and for some of you you've done exactly that You've been willing to give God everything and say, God, here it is. I'm all in. Whatever you want from me, I'm all in. You know, Dan and Susan, they've been willing to sacrifice. You know, for some of us, that doesn't mean going to Morocco or Papua New Guinea. That means just being faithful with everything God has given me here, my children my finances, my job and laying it on the altar and saying, Lord, here it is. It's all yours. You do with me. You do with my stuff, whatever you desire. And there's a risk involved in that. But that risk requires us to trust him. You see, Abraham's confidence in God's promises and God's character were the secret to his surrender and his reward. Abraham was confident in God's promises and in who God was. And that was the secret to his surrender. And for us, it's exactly the same way if we trust God, if we understand God's character and who he is and that he wants ultimately what is best in my life, then surrender becomes much easier for us. But if we're not willing to surrender, I believe it's because we have a wrong view of God. We see we don't trust him fully to do with us whatever he wants to do. Remember the A.W. Tozer quote from last week. What you believe about God, or the first thing you think about, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. What you think about God is the most important thing about you. Because that will decide whether you are willing to surrender, whether you are willing to give up everything for him or not. It says in Romans chapter 4, Verse 20, he, talking about Abraham, staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to also perform. Is that how I view God? I don't, I I never stagger, I never waver. At God's when I when and understanding God's promises, and am I fully persuaded that what He promised me that He will be able to perform? What has He promised us that when we are faithful, there is a reward for us—eternity in heaven? But do I trust in His promises? You know, Abraham was just like you and me. You know, Abraham wasn't some super Christian. He was just like us. He had all the fears that we did. He had all the struggles that we have. He messed up all the time. But what Abraham did was he got to a point or he was able to say, I am going to believe God. I'm going to believe in his character, no matter what. I trust him. I know he is trustworthy. I know that I can give him my future. I know that I can give him my family. I know that I can give him my singleness. I know that I can give him my money. I know that I can give him my dreams because he is faithful and he will do what is absolutely best for me and what will bring the most honor and glory to him. Because remember, it's, this is my life is about bringing honor and glory to God. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about Him. It's about me being faithful. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. Without faith it is impossible to please Him. Where's your faith? Where's my faith? How strong is my faith? Is my faith strong enough that I'm willing to risk, that I'm willing to surrender everything to Him? I remember at the beginning, I said Abraham's journey revealed what God wants most from each one of us. Abraham's life reveals that surrender is the channel through which God's biggest and best blessings flow. Again, it's not just for, for super spiritual Christians. This is for all of us. This is for every person sitting here that claims to be a follower of Christ. It's about responding to our Heavenly Father. Who says that He loves us. He is our Father. He has a great plan for us. He knows what is best for us. And all He wants from us is to give Him the best of our lives. And in return, he will give us the best life that you could possibly imagine. Now, will it always be easy? Will life be hard? Will there be struggles? Absolutely. But within the will of God is where the greatest blessings and rewards come. Therefore, I urge you Brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Therefore, surrender everything. You know, sometimes this is the way we, we would interpret, or not interpret, but the way we live our lives. Therefore, we remind God of all the things that we have done. You know, I served, you know, I was an usher. I, I was a greeter. I served in children's ministry. Therefore, God... In view of everything that I have done, these are the blessings that I should receive. This is, God, what you should do for me. You need to do these things for me because because I've been faithful. I've done a lot of good things. But it's exactly the opposite. Therefore, in view of everything that God has done for us, offer your body. Surrender everything to him because surrender is the key to experiencing true spirituality. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's not about rules. It's about a relationship. It's not about performance. It's about him being your father and wanting what is best. It's not about being a little bit nicer or being a little bit more moral, about doing church, doing church activities, showing up on Sunday morning and punching the time clock and going home. It's not at all about that. You know, Barna Group did a study a couple years ago, and they asked the question that was asked at the beginning. What does God want from you most? 80% of Christians in America think that keeping the rules and especially the Ten Commandments is what God wants most. If you think that that is what God wants most from you keeping the rules, showing up for church trying to, to, to maintain the Ten Commandments then You've got it wrong. See, Romans 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you in view of God's mercies, because of what God has done for you, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. This is your spiritual act of worship. What God desires more than anything else is your surrender. Nothing more, nothing less. He wants your surrender. He wants your life. He wants all of you. That is our spiritual act of worship. I want to tell you this week as you go home, along with your reading, as as you study Romans chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 22, to ask yourself, this very personal question: What does God want from me? And you know, what does God want from me? And take time, take some time every day to listen, to hear God, to understand what He wants from you. I guarantee He's not going to say, "I want you to show up for church every Sunday," and I want you to do this list of rules. He wants, He wants your heart. But for all of us, that means something different. What does God want from me? Take my life and let it be all that it is. Father, as we pause before you, as we come, and ask you, what is it that you want from us? I pray that as your spirit moves in the lives of every person here, that they would open their hearts and allow you to speak. Lord, that we would that we would quiet our minds from the busyness of of life and the busyness of of media. And Lord, we would, we would get serious and ask ourselves, Lord, what is it that you want from me? What is it that I am not giving up that you want? And Lord, that you would speak clearly through your word. You would speak clearly through, through the still small voice of your Holy Spirit. You would speak through, through visions. Showing people impressions of what you want. Father, we would be open to giving, to surrendering our lives to you. Lord, and and there are people here right now that know already what that is. And, And Lord, they're wrestling with giving you what you really want. Giving you everything. Lord, there are people here that, that you're, you're asking to surrender relationships. Well, there are people here that, are, that you're asking to surrender their dreams for dreams that you have for them. Lord, I, just, I pray that there would be an obedience this week in this church like there has never been before. Lord, I pray that there will be revival as we surrender, as we trust you, as we step out and take risks. Lord, that the the staleness of our faith would, would be replaced with a freshness and a power like we have never felt before. As we trust And surrender our lives to you. And as we do. May we bring honor and glory. To you. The king of kings. And the lord of lords. The one who knows everything about us. And has a plan and a purpose. May we surrender. Our plans. For your plans. However crazy it may seem, Maybe we give ourselves up to you, we pray that in Jesus' precious name, amen. You know, I hope that this week, that I really, I really hope that, that you take time to wrestle with this, because I, I believe that God is really, there are some of you here that are really wrestling with surrendering yourself, and there are specific things that you're wrestling with. That God wants you to surrender. And when you do. It will be so freeing. So encouraging. That you won't be able to contain yourself. But it takes us time. To be quiet and to hear God. So take time to hear God this week. Thanks. Have a wonderful blessed week.